Welcome to the Sozo Church Podcast. Our desire is to see every person know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Enjoy. All right, if you have your Bibles, why don't you go with me over to, um, over to the book of Psalms. I'm going to read you a verse of scripture in just a few moments. Psalms chapter 34. Um, and then also you can flip over. I'm going to read a lot of scriptures today, but another one is Philippians chapter 4. You can look over there. Uh, we're beginning this, this collection of, of messages called Asking for a Friend. Here's what that is. Have you ever had one of those questions you wanted to ask, but you didn't want the baggage that comes uh, connected to you being the person that is communicating that question because you don't want people to think that you're crazy because of the, the quality of the question that you're asking or the content of the question that you're asking. So you're like, you know, I had a friend that was just wondering, right? <laughs> Um, essentially, that's what this is. This is th- these are questions that we're probably all asking, but we're not asking. Do you know what I mean? It's questions that we're asking in here and in here, but, but maybe we don't have enough courage to, to ask it out there and to, to, to ask someone that maybe could help us with that. Or, or maybe you just don't have the, the connection relationally with the right people to ask that question. Because how many know you can ask questions that you actually have, but ask those questions to the wrong people and get the wrong advice and counsel from those people and your life will be even more screwed up? Right? And so I think the best place to ask this question is to ask it in here. This is a safe space to ask the tough questions in our life, the things that we are dealing with and that we're walking through. This is a safe place. And not only is this a safe place to ask those questions, because how many know we're not a perfect church? We're a church of forgiven people that some of us, we just came here and we got here before you. We were broken and jacked up too. We got here because this is like a triage center and God began to bring healing and mercy and freedom and forgiveness to our life and it changed us. So... If you're new to the church and you're like, but, but you know, I, I don't know if I can be me and, and I don't know if I can, I can kind of ask these questions. Listen, this is a great place to ask those questions because we're all dealing with those and we've all walked through something and we're all walking through something. And this is the right place. God forbid that we ever have a space and a place that we cannot be real and be authentic. I, I deeply desire to never pastor a church or be a part of a church full of a bunch of fake people. And I think it starts in the pulpit and it gets down to the parking lot and the pew and what those aren't pews, but wooden chairs. You get the point, right? It starts here. And so you'll notice that I share real stories, real struggles, real things that I deal with. And so I want this to be a space where we can be authentic and ask the tough questions. And so we're going to be tackling those questions over the next uh, few weeks. And we've, we've actually, we've nailed down some topics that actually a couple of uh, surveys ago, we survey people every once in a while. A couple of surveys ago uh, was the first time we saw this trend and pattern. And we've seen it in the last couple of times we asked questions. There, it's funny that the, every year changes, but pretty much the top three to five things, questions that people have, they pretty much say the same. It's very interesting, even as our church grows or even as people transition out and move maybe to another city or another another state and new people come in. It's interesting. As humans, we share a lot of the same struggles and the same questions. And so we've identified those and we're going to tackle those the next couple of weeks. But listen, if you have a question that you want us to talk about either from here, from the platform or from our podcast or maybe even through email, we can just correspond with you. I want you to write this down. Put put this uh, in your phone somewhere or snapshot, screenshot this from the screen up there. Friend at Sozo. Co. Friend at sozo.co. And if you want to, you can shoot us uh, an email and we would love to help you by answering those questions um, if you have those. Friend at sozo.co. But here's the first question I want us to tackle for a few moments today. Here it is. You ready? How do I deal with stress? 
how do I deal with stress? Now, I, I grew up in a, in, in a family where we would say this. Our parents would say, the power of life and death is in the tongue. Some of you knew that. That's a scripture, right? That's a, that's a verse, a famous verse. Parents love to quote it, especially when their kids have a foul mouth and say dirty words and bad things and hateful things. So parents like to throw that to their, you better watch your words because the power of life and death is in your tongue. You tell your brother that long enough, he's going to become, you know. So my parents would say that to us, and I'm not sure fully theologically if that's what that means. But, but because of that theology that shaped a lot of the words in our homes and our parents would, would basically relabel some name. So instead of saying that you're busy, you've heard me talk about this before. Instead of saying that you're busy, you say that your life is full. <laughs> it's, it's so semantics, right? It's like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm busy. Okay, I'm really busy. No, I'm, my life is full. And instead of saying you're stressed or stressed out, you say you're stretched. You're being stretched, right? But make no mistake about it. I don't care what you label it as. We all, at some point, we feel some level of stress and this pressure that we are under. Can somebody say, oh, yeah. yeah. We all feel it. At some point, you feel stressed. You feel stressed. You feel anxious. You feel like you're worrying about things. All that stuff. Label it however you want. You know what I'm talking about. We deal with those things. As a matter of fact, the other day, I, uh, I, uh, I set up a, a doctor's appointment. It was a consultation. And, uh, and I won't give you all the details of this consultation, but anybody else in here, like whenever you know that you have to go to the doctor or you have a health thing going on, you just get stressed out. Yeah. How many of you have ever gone to WebMD and just <laughs> the devil starts manifesting through WebMD? Stress you to the max. Well, so I set up this consultation the other day, and I go to it. It's, it's, it's basically, without telling you too many details, it's a doctor's appointment that you set up after you've had all the kids you want to have. And um, if we had a stress meter, like zero to 10, I was a 15, okay? I was stressed. I was so stressed out. I get to the doctor's appointment. I go into the, you know, the waiting room. You go to the front where you check in, uh, and they give you this clipboard with like 9,000 pages uh, survey. It's like they're surveying my soul and my entire history and the history of my family and our genealogy records. It's, like, it's crazy. I was stressed out. So I'm already under tremendous stress because of the nature of the appointment that I have. And then I've got to fill out all these forms, and they're, they're, in, and they're so intrusive. They're like asking me questions about things that I don't want anyone asking me questions about, but I'm going through and I'm being a good boy and I'm checking off all the boxes and I'm, I'm clicking or I'm saying no to this and no to this and you know, all this kind of stuff. And then, so I wait there, I'm sitting there just waiting under the pressure and the stress of this appointment. And I waited in that room for 30 minutes. And then they moved me from that room to another room. Like you go from the, from the, from the, you know, like the Holy of Holies to the most holy place. Right. And so it's like from this place to this place. And I go to this room and then I sit in this room and I'm there for literally 15 to 20 minutes and then a nurse comes in and talks to me for a little bit and you wait in that room for a little bit then they move you to another room I I think that doctors if you're a doctor here God bless you but I think that doctors I think that they're out I always get this picture they're out like having a sandwich somewhere and I'm going through all these rooms and it's all just like buying them time until they're ready to come and like do what they do right I wait for this doctor for like an hour and I'm sitting there thinking, where else is this okay? Like if you guys were waiting for me to come out here, you know, like an hour and so like it would not be okay. You get up and you leave, but we don't do that at doctor's appointments, right? And so this doctor comes in and he sits down. I'm stressed out. I'm sweating. I'm like little red splotches. I'm just like, I'm fidgeting. I'm like, I need a fidget spinner. I'm just stressing. And he looks at me and he says, I noticed on your form, you checked off that you're stressed. What are you stressed about? And I looked at him and I went, really? I'm stressed about this. And he just started laughing at me. 
But I, I thought about that for a moment. Like, if you had a form to fill out today, and the question was there, are you under stress right now? What would you check? Call it what you want. Label it what you want. I'm stretched. I'm anxious about something. I'm worried about something. I'm burdened with something. I'm under stress. Where would you be? Would you check, yes, I am under stress today? I believe that you probably, most of you, maybe some of you would say either today you are or you were last week or if you, if you begin to dive into next week, you'll, you'll be checking that box because we live in a world where there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of stress. Um, I love this because it's, it's nothing, nothing new. In Psalms 34, it says this, the righteous person faces many troubles, many troubles. It's interesting. Uh, this word is often translated afflictions, and, and it's a Hebrew word used to describe an Assyrian form of torture. Listen to this. When they would literally take a person, they would tie them to a post, and, and, and people would come around them and keep piling rocks on top of them until it eventually crushed them. And he says this. He says, the righteous person... Even, think about this, not just the bad people, the righteous person, the, the believer, the Christian, the person that God loves, the son or daughter of God, even them, they face this where it feels like things are piled on top of you, crushing you. He says, the righteous person faces many troubles, but look, the righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to the rescue each time. Now that sounds so encouraging, but the question is, how does he come to the rescue? Does he remove the rocks? Does he remove the job that's pressuring you and stressing you out? Does he remove the, the financial stress? Does he eliminate those things? How does he do it? I think sometimes maybe he does remove the rocks, but a lot of times he just makes sure that whatever we're under does not crush us. I think a lot of times we get very disappointed in God whenever he doesn't remove the rocks. And I, I, I think one of the best things that Christians can do, followers of Jesus, you and I, one of the best things that we can do is say, God, I need you to help me under this because I realize it's not your plan for my life. I sent out um, a, little, um, a little post on, on our communication that we do with our dream team and said, what's causing you stress? And here's what they said. Uh, Tim, if these relate to you, uh, if you can relate to these at all. Uncertainty of the future, family dynamics, carrying the weight of family drama, marriage. In other words, I'm sitting next to my stress right now. <laughs> Being single and the dating scene, it stresses me out. Not being able to control situations and circumstances. Not enough margin to rest. Lack of direction for my life. Uh, what is my next career move? Am I in the right spot in life? Like uh, compared to the other people that I'm friends with that seem farther along, you know, they're in my age bracket. Am I in the right spot now? Comparing myself to my friends that are my age, married with kids and buying homes. It stresses me out. Finances, again, stresses me out. Figuring out God's will for my life stresses me out. Friendships stress me out. Unsatisfying and stressful jobs, they, it just stresses me out. Family pressure. Notice how many times family is mentioned. <laughs> guys, you guys really need to work on your family. I'm kidding. <laughs> family pressure. Uh, on a or look, look at this. Unsatisfying and stressful job. Uh, family pressure on a regular basis to get married. Ooh. Insecurity. Uh, gaining friends, uh, do people like me for who I am? Having an expectation of what I want in my life and having fear that, I want, uh, that it won't work out uh, the way that I want it to happen. Uh, the concept of being looked at as a failure stresses me out. Simply too much on my plate stresses me out. Finding or maintaining an appropriate balance between work, family, marriage, and ministry stresses me out. No financial margin to save for the future stresses me out. Highway 80 stresses me out, right? The bridge. Health issues, are kids coming soon? 
Uh, will I have enough for my children? Am I being a good wife? Lack of work-life balance, harmony, uh, and no margin for self-care. Working with challenging people. Time management, unrealistic expectations I've set for myself. Difficulty setting boundaries and saying no when it's beneficial to my self-care. The reality is, is that some of those things probably land with you because you deal with that. And I deal with that. This is life. Statistics say this, that we are more stressed out now, 2019, than ever. More than 75% of adults consider themselves uh, to be highly stressed. 75%. More than 75%. Uh, group, uh, it says this, it says uh, a group of Americans were asked, do you feel more stressed than, uh, this time than you did this time last year? 39% said yes. More stressed this, this time of the year than you were last year. Stress is the number one health concern for U.S. high school students. The number one. I would say this, not in my notes, I would say this. Part of what's causing that is this, the digital world that we're connected to. We're more connected than ever, but we're more isolated than ever, and we're left to our own stresses and anxieties and worries, and it's messing us up. I was reading an article the other day that said that, um, that a lot of the people that have created some of the social media things that we love actually don't let their own children use social media. Interesting. Just saying. I'm on social media, guys. I'm not trying to bash any of those things, but it's the reality. There's balance there, right? Uh, Studies also show that 80% of moms feel an enormous amount of stress. That's understandable. Amen from the mamas in the house. Anxiety and stress is the number one reason. This is according to the Mayo Clinic. Anxiety and stress is the number one reason for sickness and disease in America. Isn't that unbelievable? 60% of all sickness and disease have their root in our stress level. Here's the thing. It's a real thing, and we feel it, and we, we sense it, and we struggle with it. But the question is, how do we deal with this? How do we not just manage our stress, but how do we, through the help of the Holy Spirit, through the power of God, the grace of God, and through practical things that we can do, how do we get to the place where we can deal with our stress before our stress deals with us? Uh, good news is that there's an answer for that, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you this scripture, and we'll just unpack this for just a few moments. In Philippians chapter 4, it says this. Paul uh, writes this to a church in uh, a, a region called Philippi, a little city called Philippi, and um, he loved this church. It was a church that meant a lot to him, and so he writes this particular letter, um, and I want you to, to, to notice this about this. If you begin to uh, dig into the context here, um, you would understand that the Apostle Paul, he pens this letter not from the Royal Caribbean cruise ship sipping on a Mai Tai. He pens this letter sitting in a prison. He's in, think about this. In a prison. Does not know if he's going to die in this prison. Un- unclear future, uncertain future, does not know if he's going to be in these chains for the rest of his life, does not know if he's going to be killed, if he's going to be hung or beheaded. He does not know. All he knows is I'm sitting in prison and I don't know what's next. I don't, I don't know the outcome. I don't know who's with me. I'm alone. I'm by myself. It's just me in this pen. And he's sitting in Philippi in a prison and he writes this. And this is what he says. He says, do not be anxious about anything. Do not be anxious. That word anxious is actually, some, some of your translations would say worry. The Greek word means to strangle. He says, don't be strangled. You ever feel like you're so stressed out, it's strangling you? So anxious? It's like, don't be anxious about anything. Really, Paul? Nothing? Like, do you, you don't live in San Francisco. You don't know the housing market here. <laughs> Amen. 
you don't know my, you don't know the family dynamics that I'm dealing with, Paul. Paul, you don't know, you don't know my kids. My kids are crazy. I want to kill them. Stressing me out. You don't know my diagnosis, Paul. You don't know what I'm dealing with. You don't know my boss. He says, do not be anxious. Do not be stressed out. Do not be overwhelmed under the pressure that you're feeling. Sounds so insensitive, doesn't it? Here's the first thing. I want you to write this down. Here's the first thing. I'm learning about stress. Stress is actually optional. Some of you are like, no, 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 Jason, but you don't understand. You don't understand what I'm dealing with. You don't Paul says this little disclaimer here is like, it doesn't matter what you're dealing with. You actually have authority, dominion, and power and control over your emotions, over your life, and you can take authority over that, and you do not have to deal with that. You do not have to, have to let stress overwhelm you to the point where you're, you're barking orders to your spouse or to your kids, or you're flying off the handle and you're losing control of yourself. He's like, you can actually, you can get to the place where you can control that. And you can be at a place of stability. You can be sober-minded. You can, you can be in a place where, where, where you're not going off the rails or you're in this emotional crazy. He's like, I'm just telling you, you don't have to be anxious about anything. See, I think that whenever we become anxious about things, it, it truly shows us something at the core of our identity is that possibly we have forgotten that we have a heavenly father. Because when you're anxious or you're stressed out, you're worried, a lot of times it's because you're trying to control everything or you're trying to fix everything and you're trying to manage everything and you think you're left by yourself or you think that God's not in control or that God doesn't care about you or love you. That's why over in 1 Peter chapter 5, it talks about how, how we're to cast all of our cares and our worries and our anxieties and the things that are stressing us out. We're to cast them on God. Why? Because he cares for us. He's our father that cares for us. And Paul says, listen, when you understand who your heavenly father is, you don't have to stress about those things. Now listen, I, I am totally clear. I don't want you to hear me say that everything is just spiritual. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps and just kind of just be at peace. I'm not saying that. I think some things are spiritual. I think that some things are clinical and I think that some things are practical. The things that are practical, do what only you can do. God's not going to do the practical for you. The doctors aren't going to do the practical for you. But listen, you can't do the clinical and you can't do the spiritual. Listen, let God do what only he can do, spiritual. Let, let doctors do what only they can do. But practically, you can do what only you can do. Yeah. Right? But we have to understand that stress, it is optional. It's optional. You can have chaos all around you, but on the inside of you, you can be at peace. God would never put something on the menu if you cannot have it. Stress is optional. I love the way that Paul said it at another place over in, I think it's over in 1 Corinthians or 2 Corinthians. They're going to put up on the screen. I forgot where it was at in my notes here. He said this 2 Corinthians chapter 4. He said this, we are pressed on every side by troubles. You ever been like that before? I'm pressed. I got rocks piling on top of me. Kids, work, athletes, sports, soccer, football, this, blah, blah. It's stacked on top of me. All the pressure, all the stress and the work deadlines. And it's stacking. He says this. He goes, we are pressed on every side by troubles, but not crushed and broken. Hallelujah. We are perplexed because we don't know why things are happening the way that they do. Oh, I don't understand this. I don't know why things are like this in my life. But, but he says this, but we don't give up and quit. He says, we are hunted down, but God never, never abandons us. We get knocked down, but we get up again and again and again. You know what he's saying? He's like, listen, there's pressures around me, but on the inside of me, I can stay the course and I can be at a place of peace. I can, I can have things all around me just seem like they're falling apart, but I can be at a place of 
peace. Do you know that your peace as a follower of Jesus could be one of the most powerful witnesses and testimonies that you have to the world that's around you? When people at your office are freaking out about stuff, stressed to the max, you can be at a place of peace. Just chill. People are just losing their mind over the stock market when things go up and they go down and it's so fickle. You can just, you can just be at a place of, my God will supply all my needs according to the riches that are in Christ Jesus. I ain't got stress on that. You can be stress. Listen to me. Stress, it is, it is optional. You don't, what, you, what you are letting control you and stress you out is actually within your realm of authority and your, and your realm of dominion. You can take authority over your emotions. You may not be able to change your circumstances, but through the power of God, the truth of his word, you can be at a place of perfect peace that surpasses all reasonable understanding. That's why he goes on and he says in Philippians chapter 4, he says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Present your, here's here's what I want to tell you. Here's the second thing is, if stress is optional, here's the second thing. I think stress is actually spiritual because if you look at his his solution here, his solution is 100% in this particular text. It's 100%, he says, the first thing you need to do Not saying you never go to a doctor and not saying you never do practical things, but the first thing you do when you feel stress is, he goes, I want you to go to God. I want you to first come to him. And when you come to him, he says this, he says, I want you to pray about these things. So his his remedy or his attack is spiritual. He says, I want you to bring these things before God. And the first thing I want you to do is I want you to pray. And then I want you to petition and I want you to wrap your petitions in the garment of thanksgiving. Here's what that looks like. Prayer is not asking God, will you do this for me? Prayer is simply processing with God. So the first thing you do is you come to God and you say, God, I'm going to process this with you. God, I'm stressed about this. This is stressing me out. My spouse is stressing me out. My kids are stressing me out. Here's a good thing you could do. Have you ever noticed this? A lot of times whenever you try to spend time with God in his word or in prayer, your mind wonders, is that just me? Like you're like, somebody say, amen. I mean, you're sitting there, you're praying, you're praying, you're trying to spend time with God and you start thinking about your bills. You're praying, you're praying, you're reading your word and you cannot focus because you're thinking about the deadlines at work. You're you're praying, you're praying, you're praying and your mind starts to drift over to all the the to-do list of dropping your kids at school and and, and picking them up and going to the soccer game and I've got to do this and we have a small group and we have a dinner party and, and we drift. What if you did this? Instead of making a prayer list, that you normally do are having your little checklist of scripture and then drifting. What if you first ask yourself this question? What is it that is stressing me out, causing anxiety and making me worry? And make a list there. Have bullet points. This is causing anxiety. This is causing stress. This is causing worry. And let, listen to me, let the stress inform your prayers. And then, and then just come to God with that. Now you're not going to drift over. If you're going to drift over anything, maybe it's gonna, you're going to drift over to something good because you've written down everything that's bad. And get in that moment and begin to pray and to process that with God. You know that God can handle it if you'll just get honest with him. Why do we go to God with prayers that are so fake sometimes? God, I just come to you right now and I just thank you. I beseech you, therefore, God. We say all these spiritual things. We sound so spiritual. It's like, what if we could just come to God and say, God, I am so aggravated right now. I'm so stressed right now. I think God can handle it. 
Look at the book of Psalms. David's like, God, where are you? You've abandoned me. Thanks a lot. That's how he prayed. God, I'm under all this pressure. I wish everyone would die. I mean, he would say stuff like that. Talk about being real. Listen, God can handle the real you. Matter of fact, I would submit to you that God does not hear your fake prayers. God does not care. Listen to me. God does not care about the fake you. He cares about the real you. With all your issues, all your dirty, like Elton says, all your dirty dishes in your sink, right? Ellen says, homegirl got dishes in her sink. <laughs> Sassy. He's not here so I can pick on him. <laughs> but look what he says. He says, first, I want you to pray. So you process it with God. God, this is stressing me out. God, work is stressing me out. The deadlines are stressing me out. God, I'm so stressed. I'm stressed. I'm stressed. I'm stressed. And then he says, and then make your petitions. A petition is simply a request. So, so he says, so don't just process it with me. He goes, I want you to ask me to help you. Do you know that God wants to help you? What you're currently stressed out about, the pressure you're under, he wants to help you. That's not his plan. He doesn't want you walking through life stressed out. He doesn't want you carrying that. I think it's okay for you to feel the weight of things, but you don't need to carry the weight of things. And so you move from prayer to petition, and the petition is simply this. He says, when you make your petition and you make your request, I want you to wrap it in a garment of thanksgiving. He says, present your request with thanksgiving. What does that mean? It's this. His prayer is, God, I'm stressed out about my finances. But, God, I thank you that you are the God that provides for all of my needs. And I thank you that you're going to provide for me. And I don't have to stress out about that. You pray, you, pray, you process it. God, I'm so stressed right now that I that I, I can't find a job and I've been trying to find a job and it's stressing me out and I'm seeing the, the runway is ending on my, my savings and I don't want to use credit cards. I'm at the pay for things and I'm so stressed. But God, I thank you. I thank you that your word says that you provide all of my needs. I thank you. And God, I thank you that you're going to do it. I thank you that you're going to provide. God, I'm so stressed that I'm getting older and I'm still single and I'm not married yet and it's stressing me out and my parents are on me and my family is on me. But God, I thank you I thank you that as you're preparing me, you're preparing someone for me. And I thank you that you will, you, I thank you that you know the perfect timing. And obviously right now is not the timing. And you begin to, you pray and then you begin to, to shape your, you begin to wrap your petitions in a garment of thanksgiving. So it's spiritual, it is spiritual. I wanna, I wanna submit to you that, that what you're dealing with is not just circumstantial. It, it, it could be spiritual. You could literally be under attack spiritually causing you to be stressed out, causing you to feel all this pressure because the enemy wants to kill, steal, and destroy from your life. It's spiritual. We live in a culture now that we think that everything is just self-help and fixed. There's some things you cannot fix, sir. There's some things that are just way more spiritual than you even imagine. And God says, come to me with that. He says, and when you, when you do this, when you pray and you process with me, when you wrap your petitions in Thanksgiving, it says this, it goes on, he says, and look, look, oh, I love this. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. He says this, when you do this, he goes, peace will come. Now, there's an old school phrase my mama used to tell me. She used to say, sometimes, son, you just got to pray through things. You got to pray through. Like, we don't say that much now, pray through. But what does that mean to pray through? It's this, is when you're feeling stress and anxiety and worry, you bring it into the presence of God, you pray, 
You make petitions and you pray and you make and you keep praying and you keep keep praying until the peace comes. That means you just pray through something. You just pray through your stress. You just pray through the anxiety. And you just pray through the word. It doesn't mean it'll never come again. But you have these moments spiritually where you pray through these things. But the third thing I want to tell you is this, is that this text gives us so much hope because he says this, is that peace will come. And it will be unreasonable, just crazy, illogical peace. Peace that makes no sense. Peace that when you get a bad diagnosis, you can still be like this. And your family that are freaking out are looking at you and they're like, how does he have peace like that? That doesn't make any sense. You just lost your job. How are you? You're at a place of peace. It is supernatural. Here's what it tells me. Here's, that, here's my third point for you is this, is that stress is defeatable. It is defeatable. I felt that in my spirit. This one, I was praying on the way to church. That, that was not in my notes. And on the way here, God said, I want you to tell my people that what they're dealing with is defeatable. It is defeatable. Stress is defeatable. It's 100% defeatable. How? Well, it says that he will give you peace and it will guard your heart and mind. Guard, this is a military term, which is a picture of a battalion of Roman soldiers that would stand and they would guard something precious. Do you know that your mind and your soul and your emotions is precious to God? God wants to set a guard around you, a guard of peace. Guard your heart, to guard your mind. Relentlessly, vigilantly, just diligently, just around you, guarding your heart and mind. But there's something else that you and I must do. Because we can pray through and he will send peace to guard us, to protect us. But after we get the stress out of our soul, after we get the anxiety out of our soul, after we get the worry out and we've prayed through it, he goes on and he says this, but here's something else I want you to do. He says this, he says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. He says, now fill your mind and your thoughts, fix your thoughts on things that are true. Like, you know, whenever you're getting ready for work and you see that you have an invitation to meet uh, through email, you have an invitation to meet with your boss and now you start stressing out about what it's going to be about. Right then, what you do is you fix your thoughts on what's true. What's true is all you know is that they wanna meet with you. That's it, that's what's true. All the vain imaginations of what could be and what it may be and oh my gosh, what if, what if you're gonna get a raise? What if you're gonna get a promotion? Like, like, think about such things, he says. Like, fix your thoughts on things that are true and noble and admirable and praiseworthy and amazing. Like, think about that. I remember, I remember Jennifer and I, whenever we were pregnant with Novi, and we had a stressful moment at the beginning of the pregnancy, and, and it, it was so stressful. It was so, like, we were so anxious. And I remember looking at her, we were in our bed one night. And we were feeling a lot of stress. She was showing her stress. She didn't know it. Now I'll say it pointing back. On the inside, I was stressed out, but I was like playing, I was trying to play it cool. I was poker facing that thing. You know what I'm saying? I was stressed. But something, it was like a revelation moment. I said to her, but it was like the Holy Spirit was saying through me to her, but also to me. Said, why don't you think about what Novi's face is gonna look like? Why don't you think about what her room is gonna look like? Why don't you think about why don't you think about these things? Stop stressing about something you can't even control. And think about things that are praiseworthy and beautiful. And then he goes on and he says this, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice. Interesting. He's saying all this, the context is don't live a stressed out life. He says, you see how I'm doing. I'm in prison. 
but you see my peace. Impressed, crushed, or pressed in every angle and perplexed. And he's like, but I'm, I'm at peace because I know that I am, I'm in the hands of God. My father can't be trusted. He says, what you see in me, I want you to do it. And look, he says, and the peace of God will be with you. Stress is defeatable, but it's not defeatable without Jesus in your life. It's not defeatable by just having a prescription. It's not defeatable by just doing practical things like exercise. All those things are, every, all those things are important. But if you want the peace that Paul's talking about, peace that practical things that you can do can't give you, peace that doctors can't give you, that peace comes from Jesus. That's why Jesus said this. He said, are you weary, carrying a heavy burden? You stressed? And come to me. I'll refresh your soul for I am your oasis. Simply join your life with mine. Learn my ways. Interesting discipleship, spiritual formation is part of the peace that God wants for you. Learn my ways, Jesus says, and you'll discover that I am gentle, humble, uh, easy to please. You will find refreshment and rest in me for all that I require of you will be pleasant and easy to bear. The life that Jesus has for you is a life of peace, not stressed out, not underneath the burden. You know why You know why we get stressed out? Is whenever, whenever we have the yoke of life on us and we're just going around in circles carrying ourselves. That's why Jesus says, come and take my yoke upon you. It's because he's in the yoke carrying you when you cannot carry your job, when you cannot carry your kids, when you cannot carry your finances, when you cannot carry your health, when you cannot carry life, he will carry you because he's the Prince of Peace. Amen. Thanks for listening. Join us each week here on the podcast or live in San Francisco. Keep up with life at Sozo by following at Sozo Church SF on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Have a great day.